Aloha, and welcome to the Murph's Place 808 for the Love of Golf podcast. I'm your host, Murph. I hope everybody out there is having a awesome week this week, this past week, I should say. Uh, <clears throat> my week was pretty good. Can't can't complain too much, although I did have a couple of things happen that uh, I wasn't real happy about. First off, uh, Sunday last week, I lost my belt, the FIA FIA championship belt, to a new member at the golf course, uh, Joe P. He came in and cleaned up. The guy has mad game, and uh, I was not able to defend my belt. So we also played this past Sunday, and he defended the belt. So he's going to have it for another week this week, and myself and a couple of the other guys that play uh, need to work on some things to try to get that belt from him. But congrats, Joe P. Well-deserved. Shot a 69 this past uh, Sunday to win the belt, edging out Chris Wright who shot 71 and myself we're not going to discuss my score it was probably the worst round of golf i've played at at uh, moana Lua golf club since i've started playing there but other than that um and then i had an issue issue uh with my jeep not starting and i thought it was the battery and went and bought a new battery put it in there it started right up i drove it for a day no problems and then sunday when i went out to head to the course uh would not start wouldn't even turn over so took the alternator out took it in and had it tested and found out it was the alternate alternator so put a new alternator in uh today and got the battery charger on it so hopefully it'll start in the morning but other than those two things not being good for my week the rest of the week's been pretty good got a little bit of golf in and and uh worked this week so that was good I hope you guys' day, days uh, have been good, though, this last week. Hey, I, I want to uh, apologize to everybody for the extensive, lengthy interview with Patrick Norton the last two episodes of the show. Uh, we can go for hours, me and that guy. Uh, I probably should have edited it down a lot more for you guys because that's that's too long to listen to i know when i started this podcast i said i wanted to keep it around 20 minutes so that uh you're not taking up a whole hour to to listen to the show but anyhow i'm gonna try to do better with that next time and and try to keep those interviews down speaking of which uh we have the vga tour championship coming up state championship coming up uh in two weeks and I wanted to get uh, Richard Shepard. He's the executive director of the VGA, which stands for Veterans Golfers Association. He's the executive director for the tour. And I wanted to get him on and talk a little bit about the VGA and explain it. And uh, unfortunately, due to the COVID stuff, we are not going to be able to um, go over to Kapalua on Maui and play. Uh, obviously, being a veterans uh, golf group, we do have a lot of active duty guys, and and uh, the Department of Defense and the military won't allow those guys to travel during this COVID stuff because they have to quarantine for 14 days if they leave, and they can't afford to have them not be uh, at work. So we're not going to play on Maui in two weeks, but they moved it to Koalina here on Oahu so but that's okay uh Koalina's a good course and 
it's worthy to to hold a state championship there. So I'm going to try to get Richard on here this week and talk about it a little bit and discuss how if you're interested in in joining the VGA tour and it's all over the country, not just in Hawaii. It's all over the country. So if you're interested in maybe joining uh, the group and, and coming out and playing on the tour with us, he'll explain how you can do that and what some of the you we also it's not only just for veterans or active uh, military guys there are uh, family classifications where you're able to play if somebody in your family was in the military so but i'll try to get him on here this week and and discuss that in detail a little more so i I got asked a very interesting question and i kind of want to pose it to everybody out there listening I was asked last week, this past week, if I thought that I had shot my lowest round of golf ever, that I was not going to shoot another round below what my lowest has been right now. And that, uh, uh, played Navy Marine, and this has been, let's see, I had my knee replacement in March last year, so it was before that. I shot 65, and that was the second time I've shot 65. But I missed a birdie putt, like a eight foot birdie putt on eighteen, to shoot a sixty four, which would have been my personal best. Now, when I first was asked that question, I said, "No, that I didn't think that I had shot my lowest round. That I thought I could shoot even lower round." But you know, after thinking about it this week, I was like, "Man, I don't know. That sixty five is pretty low for somebody of my uh, playing ability." Now, my handicap like i said is a two point something 2.7 or 2.4 but 65 is really good and i don't know really realistically if i could shoot lower than that i mean i guess it's possible and i would hope to think that i could but you know you got to be realistic about your ability and i don't know that you know that I could do that. Now I've I've shot 67, 69s, but I don't do it on a consistent basis. It's not a regular thing that happens. But I've done it. But I don't know if I could get below 65. I would hope that I could, but who knows? I mean, let me know. Let you guys shoot me an email um and let me know what your lowest, lowest score was and whether you think that that is going to be the lowest score that you ever shoot or do you think that you can shoot a low a better score and it doesn't matter what your handicap is or how long you've been playing just let me know what your lowest score is and if you think that you can shoot lower than that and shoot me an email at murphsplace808 at gmail.com and let me know that or if you want to go to the anchor uh the anchor site for the podcast you can leave me a voice message on there but that's kind of an interesting question i mean it's kind of like i said it's kind of a tough question because i want to believe that i could shoot better but realistically am i gonna shoot better than 65 i don't know i don't know my buddy that asked me that question he he i don't he wasn't sure if he thought he could do it or not and i don't know what his lowest was Oh, yes, I do. He shot um, He shot 68 was his lowest. He wanted to believe that he could do it, but he didn't know either if he could do it. 68's a good score, too. I think he said he had to eagle 
think he eagled the last hole or the last par five in order to shoot 68. So he wasn't sure if he could do it or not either. Man, what a... I had this discussion with these guys uh, about the the uh, tournament this weekend. There was some debate whether or not Jason Kokrak, who won the tournament, shot 20 under. Uh, there was some debate whether or not he had won a tournament in the past. I I wasn't sure that he did or not, but they thought that he did. They thought that he had won one. Anyhow, he shot 20 under. The guy is 35 years old. It was kind of neat because he went to uh, Xavier University, which is in Ohio, where I'm from originally. But I think he was, I think he was born like in Canada or something. And I, but I'm pretty sure that it was his first win. I, I can't, I, I don't know for sure. He edged out uh, Xander Shoffley, who shot uh, 18 under. So this, uh, we're still under the COVID restrictions as far as golf goes. And uh, we played Beach Boys play today, and we had uh, we had a couple of matches uh, for the club club championship. So I played a guy, and I won my match four and three. But there were some questions as to whether or not he could remove the flag stick out, and I told him I didn't have a problem with it, but the rules for the course and the COVID stuff is that you have to leave the flag stick in and you can't touch it. Uh, but I did tell him I would hold it with my putter back when it was leaning. Cause a lot of them are leaning one way. And if you're putting into it, if you hit it too hard, it could hit the stick and bounce out. So we were holding the, the, uh, flag stick for him. And you know, he, he wasn't sure that we were allowed to do that. And I just told him, Hey, we have to leave the flag sticks in. I don't like putting with a flag stick in. Some people do, but I don't mind it on long putts. But on a short putt, I don't want the flag stick in. I want it out. I'm, I make more putts with it out than with it in. And so I told him since we weren't allowed to take them out, then I was going to hold them for him if he wanted if he wanted me to, if it wasn't going to bother him when he was trying to putt. So we did that, but, you know... I. I'm just, uh, I can't wait for this stuff to be over so we can go back to normal golf. We did start riding two to a cart again, or if you absolutely refuse to do that, uh, I think they're charging people extra money to ride separate, which is, I mean, I don't, I know a couple of my golf buddies have uh, caught COVID, but I don't think they have caught it from the course while they were at the course. I think it was when they were with family members or in, in uh, other groups outside of the golf courses. So I don't think there's, we haven't had any cases directly related to the golf course, but I'm, I'm glad we're back open and, and able to play again. I, uh, when I was talking to Pat and Brian, they were telling me how their course, there was one course open and everybody from the city came out to play it because they didn't any of the courses in the city weren't open so i'm just wondering i mean when i talked to my brother in ohio all their courses were open matter of fact he lives up towards he lives in toledo ohio which is close to uh the michigan border and apparently uh the course that that's close to the border that they go play 
he said that they were checking everybody's ID. And if you did not have an Ohio driver's license, you could not play that course because there would be guys from Michigan come down to play it because their courses weren't open. But he said that the golf course weren't, wasn't allowing anybody that did not have an Ohio driver's license to play the course, which I, I kind of understand with, you know, wanting to take care of the people that's in your area. But, you know, it's hard to turn away money, especially golf courses, because you don't know. I mean, golf was on a, uh, on a decline for a while. And, you know, you got to make that money when you can make it. You can't just turn people away because, you know, they live across the border 15 minutes or whatever. But I guess they were doing it, and it worked out for them. I guess they didn't suffer too much. They had plenty of play. So we played uh, Coral Creek today, and I don't think I've raided their Spam Musabi yet, but I did have one today, and I'd have to probably rate it 0 to 5 Zero being bad, five being great. I probably rated a two and a half. It was not that great. Um, it wasn't completely terrible, but it was okay. So if you guys could, um, I know I'm, I've been rating Spam Musubi, but if uh, you guys can send me a, a uh, an email or a voice message on Anchor, uh, let me know what your go-to snack food at the turn what you guys like to eat when you make a turn do you eat before you go out to play golf or do you grab something at the turn or do you wait until you get done and then get food the reason i ask this question is when i played with a couple of guys one in particular my buddy frank i mean he'll have some snacks you know bananas or something to eat while we're playing cookies or whatever but um when I say something about, oh, I need to get something at the turn, he always brings up, he always says, uh, I want to say it was Lee Trevino said this, that you should play on an empty stomach because it makes you hungry, not only for food, but for the game, to win the game. I, I don't like doing that because if I'm playing golf and I'm hungry, then my mind is not completely on the golf game because I'm thinking about food. I'm thinking, man, I'm hungry. I want to eat something. So I always got to get something at the turn. Let me know what you guys do. If you guys eat before you go play, if you eat during your playing at the turn, or do you wait until after you get done eating? Obviously, with our group, we always, uh, after we get done, we divvy out the money and, and, announce the winners and stuff like that so we always grab something to eat at the restaurant the golf course where we're at but now with them they're all closed i mean we could still get some food but you have to sit somewhere outside or you know find a place to go eat it or take it home so it's not all that great but let me know what you guys like to eat when you're playing golf all right let's take a short break and we'll be right back This podcast is brought to you by Smart Boy Studios, the best studio and artist collective out of the state of Ohio. Smart Boy Studios provides recording, mixing, and mastering services, as well as any other audio post-production you need. Whether you're looking to put out a new single, put together an audio book for your bestseller, or make your podcast the best it can be, visit www.smartboystudios.com today. 
DeCasso, an artist on Smart Boy Entertainment, just dropped his new album, Suburban King, The Story of Westerly Drive. Available on all streaming platforms now. Physical copies are also available on the Smart Boy Studios website. The album features Grammy-nominated writer Troy Hayes, music from all Smart Boy Entertainment producers, and some of the best vocal talent from the Midwest. Suburban King tells the story of Dicasso's youth, moving from the inner city to a suburban neighborhood, and the trials and tribulations of adolescence, racism, and adapting to a new environment. Search Dicasso, that's D-C-A-S-S-O, on your favorite streaming platform or visit www.smartboystudios.com to check it out. If you'd like to support Smart Boy Studios and their artists, visit threads.smartboystudios.com to check out their merch. They have hoodies, hats, shirts, and more. All right. Welcome back. I got asked another question that I thought was kind of interesting, and that was... If there was something that you could do about your golf game, whether it be shooting a certain score or using new equipment, changing new equipment every year, playing in a professional tournament, whatever it may be, what, what would you choose to, to do? And I had said, well, I don't, I don't like to change my equipment every year. Yeah, everybody likes to get that new driver when it comes out. But very rarely do I even do that, uh, especially if I'm hitting the equipment that I have. If I'm hitting it good, then there's no reason for me to change just because it's new. Yeah, it may have a little bit new technology, but for the most part, if I'm hitting my equipment good, I'm, I'm not going to change it. So... That one once was kind of out the window for me. And then shooting, you know, your lowest score ever, the best score. I mean, like I said, I've shot in the 60s before, and I'm good with that. If I don't shoot lower than that ever, I can live with that. That won't be a problem. But my answer was that I'd like to play in a professional tournament, not as a professional, as an amateur just to say that I, I that I played in I don't, I don't want to I don't have to win it um, that would be awesome if I did somehow but I would at least want to play in one say that I gave it my best and whether I shot five over 10 over 20 over whatever I shoot as long as I try my best I, I would be good with that and that was that's kind of like I would say it's my bucket list of, of doing anything is playing in a, a professional tournament. Now, you know, I had dreams and aspirations when I first moved here that I was going to work on my game and, and go qualify for, to play on the senior tour. But I realized that the ability to do that wasn't there. My skill level wasn't there to do that. Yeah, I've shot in the 60s, but I don't do it four days in a row or even three, three out of the four or two out of the four. So you just got to kind of be realistic about your game. So I kind of changed that goal or that dream uh, from qualifying to play on the senior tour to just qualifying, uh, winning a local uh, qualifier to play in the U.S. Senior Open Championship. Man, even that, you know, you're playing against 
the top amateurs and there's even some pros that come and play in this tournament and I've, I've been close one time I shot 76 uh, the winning score was 72 and they take only one person and then they take one alternate and one uh, a second alternate so it's whoever shoots the best score gets gets the the win and goes and then the next two lowest scores are the first and second alternate in case the first person can't go so i didn't i haven't won it i've only been close once and uh, i did get a silver medal from the usga for uh being low amateur tied tied with uh, two other guys for uh, low amateur which was kind of nice but so that's that's been my new my new goal my new dream is that I win this and I get to go play <clears throat> in the uh, U.S. Senior Open Championship with the uh, professionals. Uh, that would be so cool. So I brought this up, and my buddy was like, well, who would you take to caddy for you? And I said, wow, that's a good question, because I would want, uh, well, both my brother and one of my uncles have said that if I, make it to a pro tournament like that then they they are going to caddy for me which i was good with and i am good with that would be fine if either one of them did that um but then i got to thinking <laughs> my brother and i don't always see eye to eye on things number one i'm and and they're both golfers they both play golf so they're familiar with the game uh they both played with me so they know what my game what my game is basically but do I want somebody like that? Like, I mean, obviously, I don't, I don't have any real aspirations or thought that I could win the tournament. So I, w I don't know if I need somebody that's, you know, that technical about the game on my bag. I, w I think I would want somebody that is fun and can help me relax and and but still yet you know tell me you know you should do this you should do that you know to bounce stuff off of me uh, compared to what i want to do and i don't know if that would go so well if my brother was the one doing it <laughs> saying stuff to me like that so you know how brothers are sometimes but so i, I that's an interesting question and i don't know exactly how i would answer it right now other than to say I think I would want somebody that would be fun to be with and that would, you know, keep me relaxed and having a good time. And and the reason I say that is because I it's exactly what I did for a buddy of mine, Alan Zimmerman, when he played on the nationwide tour, I caddied for him in Ohio at uh, Yankee Trace. It wasn't anything I did. The guy's got mad game. He he's so good. So it wasn't anything I did. Uh, that made him play so good other than keeping him loose you know joking around we walked down the fairways he'd hit a good shot and i'd start rapping and it was just a, a good good time good atmosphere and the next thing you know he's five under we think we're going to get ready to play for the weekend but we come in into the clubhouse at three under and guy Boros shoots 16 under to push the cut to five so we miss out and we don't get to play on the weekend but it was it was a fun time and I just kept him loose. It wasn't a matter of anything technical that I told him to do or, you know, shoot. The one time I I marked off a yardage for him and I gave him the wrong yardage. <laughs> so 
<laughs> we started laughing about that. He goes, you sure about that yardage? And I, I thought, no, I'm not sure because instead of adding, I subtracted. So, yeah. So it was, it was a good time. So I think I would want somebody like that on my bag to keep me loose and, and have a good time with because I think that's when you play the best. But anyhow, I'm going to get out of here. I hope everybody has a great week. Uh, I'm going to try to get Richard on here for next week's show and have him talk a little bit about the VGA. I promise you it will not be an hour like like the last two episodes you guys had to listen to. And if you guys have anything you want to talk about or you have any questions for me or any any questions at all, period, about anything, uh, just shoot me an email, murphsplace 808 uh, at gmail.com shoot me a line also let me know about that other stuff i asked you about i want to know what you guys uh think about if you're going to shoot lower than what your lowest score is right now and tell me what that low score is that you guys have don't worry i'm not going to name names i'm not going to put you on on blast like that because it's all about the love of the game it doesn't matter how good you are or how bad you are as long as you enjoy playing golf and you're having a good time that's all that matters. It doesn't matter what you what you shoot. And like, you know, like my buddy Nordy said last week that he doesn't even keep score half the time. He's just out there to have a good time, not worry about, you know, his handicap or whatever it may be. So, uh you can also go to Anchor and leave me a voice message if you'd like. Uh if you'd like to support the podcast, there's a link for that also and let your friends know about it and I hope you guys Have a great weekend or week, and we will see you next week. Aloha, everybody.